Welcome to Business Buzz with your host, Frank Hellring. Do you own a small business or does that small business own you? Are you seeking increased sales, more loyal customers, lower operation costs, and brand loyalty? If you're interested in elevating your brand and expanding your reach, then Business Buzz will put it all together for you with expert guests, resources that make sense, and your opportunity to be heard. Get ready to call in with your questions and comments at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Business Buzz is out to put the buzz back into your business. Here's your host, Frank Hellring. Hey, can you hear the buzz? Welcome wherever you may be. You have found Business Buzz. I'm your host, Frank Hellring, and we're coming to you live, prime time, on the Voice America Business Network channel. And Business Buzz is brought to you today by On Fire Processing, where there is no burn, just earn. Hey, we just had about a $1.9 trillion stimulus package passed. Now we have our current president looking at spending another 3 to $4 trillion with a tax hike. I've been talking about deficit spending on this show because sooner or later, folks, sooner or later, deficit spending is going to lead to an inflationary economy. And let me tell you something, the banks out there, cost of money, I remember it back when my grandmother and my mother were getting, oh my goodness, 16, 17% interest on their certificates of deposit. They all thought they were financial geniuses, but let me tell you something, if the banks have a cost of money go up, it's going to trickle down sooner or later to the merchant processor, and it's going to sooner or later trickle down in elevated fees to you. So you need to start checking that bill that you get from your merchant processor, and if it's not making sense, you need to pick up the phone right now and call 833-866-3473. That's 833-866-3473, and get with On Fire because they'll probably end up blackening your bottom line. To contact Business Buzz, you can call us at toll-free 877-3-NOWBUZ or email us at info at businessbuzz.com. That's spelled B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S-B-U-Z-Z.com. Or if you want to get in touch with the show, just simply go to Business Buzz, same spelling, B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S-B-U-Z-Z.com. Leave me a contact message on that website. Want to be a guest on the show or you simply want to get something off your chest about your small business, we're interested in hearing from you. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got my politically centric co-host with me today, Natasha Friedman from TV Free Baltimore, Maryland Politics, which she hosts as a show. How you doing, Natasha? Welcome again to Business Buzz. Thank you so much, Frank. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, it's so great to have you. We're going to have an incredible show today. You know, I'll tell you, Natasha, I was growing up in that Washington D space, living in Arlington. My dad was USDA for 33 years. Back when he wasn't called a bureaucrat, he was called a public servant. And the two biggest buildings in all of Washington, D.C. are the USDA and the nation used to be an agribusiness. Isn't that amazing, Natasha? Yes, that is. What we've got with us today is even more amazing. My guest, I'll tell you what, we are going to travel to an incredible state today, ladies and gentlemen, South Dakota. My guest is Brian Noam, who was born and raised on a farm near Bryant, South Dakota, as the middle child of three boys. He grew up learning how to work on the farm, doing chores and doing farm work. 
He was active in baseball, football, basketball throughout high school and graduated in 1988 from Hamlin High School. I then went to, he then went to Northern State University in Aberdeen, South Dakota, played football and baseball, and graduated in 1992 with a degree in business finance. He married Christy Arnold in May 1992 and worked and helped manage their family farm for 10 years. He then took a position as an insurance manager for Bryan State Bank in January 2003. He ended up purchasing the agency in January of 2010. He owns Noam Insurance. That's exactly the reason why we got him on the show. He's a small business owner, and he has two locations in Bryant and Watertown. He became the first gentleman of South Dakota when his wonderful wife was sworn in as governor in January of 2019. They have three beautiful children, Cassidy, 26, who's married to Kyle Peters, Kennedy, 24, and Booker, 18. His initiative as first gentleman is to travel to small towns in South Dakota and uncover hidden gems, promote small businesses, and give them a voice at the state level. And boy, I'll tell you, Brian, that's the reason why you and I are together on this show, because small business has lost its voice. We strive to be godly people and attend family worship in Watertown, South Dakota, where he's been and spent many years volunteering as a kid's church teacher and Bible school director. He loves America and South Dakota. Hey, Brian Noam, welcome to Business Buzz. Thank you, Frank and Natasha. You need a break after that bio. Holy cow. That's a long one. And I, I, I had to hear the, the introduction. It said expert guest. So that means I'm an expert guest? You are an expert guest, so Brian, that's for sure. Like and let me tell you something. You know, South Dakota is really kind of a hometown to me because I grew up in Arlington, Virginia, but we had a cabin in the Blue Ridge. I drove out between all the middle you know, uh, towns, villages, and hamlets uh, between there and Winchester and up in the Blue Ridge Mountains in our cabin. So I know the rural community pretty well, but you're right in the heart of it, right? We are in the heartland. That's what they call it that. So we, uh, a lot of heart here, a lot of hard work here. Um, I was fortunate to grow up here, fortunate to still live here, and uh, fortunate to serve with my wife, who is the governor of South Dakota, and we are doing the best we can here, and she's doing a great job, obviously. And so we're just trying to let people be people. You know, Brian, you and I share a kindred spirit because I owned an insurance agency in California from 77 to 91. Uh, I was primarily life and health and disability. You are primarily fire and casualty. Uh, believe it or not, I have relationships with PNC agencies. I've got a lot of leads from those guys. But let me ask you a question. You being a small business owner, you experienced something that happened in your March 11th, 2000. Tell us about what happened in South Dakota. The first case of COVID hit, I think, March 10th or 11th, I believe. Um, at that time, there's a lot of uncertainty, just like across the country. Um, you know, my wife, who was the governor at that time and still is, um, didn't, really, didn't really know what, what to expect. So at that time, just like everybody else, she suggested that people just kind of watch what they're doing, um, take precautions, use CDC guidelines. Um, but the one thing that she never did was to close a business. She did not decide to close a business or call a business essential or inessential. That's just not her job. Um, so, and because of that, uh, businesses stayed open. Um, people thank us every day for that. And revenues are up in South Dakota because of it. I'll tell you what, that is an astounding testimony from you. Because I live in California. We are still pretty much tantamountly shut down and small business is suffering mightily in the state of California. Brian, tell me, what's the status of small business in South Dakota? Small business is doing well. Um, you know, depends on where you're at. You know, some had to close. You know, some decided to close, but that was their own decision. 
Um, and, you know, and because of the uncertainty, people decided not to shop small business or local. Um, so, I mean, there was some fallout from this, no doubt, but it wasn't because um, the state government and my wife said you had to close. It was their own decision. It was the people's decision. Um, she left. She left uh, the control up to the local mayors and the and the local city people um, to do what they felt was best for their community. Because you can't govern a city of two hundred thousand like Sioux Falls the same as you can a city of Bryant with population four hundred fifty six. You just can't do that. And so for her, she left it up to locals to do, make those decisions. And by and large, our revenues are up because she did not close small businesses. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Weekly, I'll get calls from people or texts from people say, hey, just remind your wife she's doing a great job. Thank you for not making us close our business. Um, you know, now some, some businesses decide to, to mandate masks on their own. That's their own decision, you know. Christy feels like small businesses have that authority to make those decisions on their own. You know, Brian, you being in the fire casualty industry, you have a touch point with small businesses at levels that most insurance agencies don't. And the reason being is because if they have a loss, the first phone call they're going to make is to you, right? There was a major, uh, basically, hiccup, if you will, in your industry called business interruption coverage, right? Where the legal side of the fence was trying to impact the insurance side of the fence by getting them to pay for a coverage called business interruption due to COVID-19. I'm sure you experienced that. Did you not? We did. Um, We did not have a claim filed in our agency with that. But I do know that that was the, that was the buzz and that was a big topic um, of insurance companies. In fact, we were proactive last April. We, we called our companies and said, how are you going to handle this if this happens? Because it's, it's bound to at some point. Fortunately for us, we did not have one claim filed for it. Um, so, you know, but around the country, um, we know what's going to happen if those, if those claims are filed. Any kind of claim filed on a company basis is going to affect you on your premiums as an individual. Um, individual claims don't drive, don't drive your premium. It's company-wide losses will drive premium. And that's what happens. So anytime, you know, and, and I know you're gonna probably talk about different things related to COVID claims, maybe one particular in your state. Um, but, you know, we didn't, we didn't experience it ourselves here in our agency, thankfully. David, did we rehearse that? Boy, I'll tell you, you just prefaced my next thought. Uh, quite frankly, you're right. In the state of California recently, our illustrious governor, who right now is undergoing a recall action, uh, he passed a Senate bill now changing our workers' comp law, whereby now, and I own a small business, I own a medical aesthetic practice here in Southern California. If I have an employee that reports that they have COVID, I have to pick up the phone, I have to call the state of California, and tell them that, otherwise I'm subjected to a massive fine. But beyond that, workers' comp now becomes a payable incident, Brian, payable incident under my work comp. Let me tell you something. California could be a possible tsunami that could go across this country. How do you feel about that if it hits South Dakota? I will build a wall on the western half, uh, western border of South Dakota so the tsunami doesn't hit us. That is insane, I mean, here's the problem with that, Frank. Um, you have you have 100 employees, say, in your small business, and you have three people get COVID on three different incidents. That's three different claims. Work comp is driven 
their experience mod is driven by frequency of claims. That's necessarily the size of the claim, but their frequency. And if you have three small claims in the span of a year, your mod's going to go up, guaranteed. And when mod goes up, your premium goes up. When premium goes up, it's going to be a lot harder for these business owners to be profitable. And so what you're doing is you're hampering, you're, you're, you're hampering the small business owners by doing that. I do not want to see that come here. That's for sure. I mean, is it, is it really state law now? Is that actually? It's law, Brian. It's law in the state of California, right? It actually was passed in September, but they ratified it uh, this year. And, you know, it's very scary with that because I'm sitting here saying to myself, what about my hiring practices? How do I know that I'm not hiring a claim? Where, where does that come into play, right? Exactly right. It's, you know, look, there's, there's a term, you know, called common sense that we try to, you know, put into practice here in South Dakota, that is that, that law is not common sense. And I'm not sure, you know, what, what got them to do that, but it's insane. I mean, it's, I don't know how you're going to survive that small business owners. They, some won't, I promise you that, yeah. you know, it just, the, the experience mods will go up and the premium is going to go up as a result. It's just, it's scary. You know, Brian, in 2008, we had a debacle. And if you take a look at my show description, I said the small business has been in trouble since 2008. Uh, I don't know whether you own property in that neck of the woods, but I did. Uh, dropping half, uh, you know, in market value and being subjected to loans, you know, the banks weren't going to change except extend out terms, right? I literally banged the phone on the top of my desk and said, are you listening to me? Because they weren't. But AIG got rocked. Okay. And I know you know that company, right? Because they backed the mortgage-backed securities industry. Lehman Brothers went down. Bear Stearns went down. How do you see your industry in the coming years with this COVID manifestation? More importantly, possibly something else that might rear its ugly head. Well, the problem is it's, it's, it's really not even – what concerns me is – the impact any of these things has on small business because you can, people can naysay small business, but it's the heartbeat of America. Um, small towns, small communities, small business. Without that, the big communities don't survive. Every, every community started out as a small town. Every community, every business started out as a small business. I mean, what? Apple started in a garage, didn't they? I mean, at some point, you're never going to get big and you're not going to allow these business, small businesses to grow into bigger businesses if you keep hamstringing them with these kind of regulation. And so what concerns me is the impact this stuff has on small businesses, such as the work comp law in California, the impact that's going to have on small business there, that's going to impact my business as an insurance agent who insures those small businesses. They go out of, they go out of business. So that's one less client I have. You know, that, that really is an impactful statement, especially when we take a look at the e-predators, right? The Amazons, the Ebays, the Walmarts, the Costcos, and everything like that that are cycling right. out customers and profits every day that goes by. Okay. Right. Let me ask you a question from a South Dakota standpoint of view. How's tourism in South Dakota right now? You got people going in and out? Exceptional. I mean, we tourism numbers are in just skyrocketed this last year. You know, our revenues are up because of it. Um, you know, it's because we, we kept our, our state open. And the state opened and people knew, like, we got to go someplace that's going to allow us to actually get out and get about. I mean, when you got states closing state parks and we, Christy said, no, that's not going to happen here. So people flocked to South Dakota and our tourism director is Jim Hagen. He's exceptional at what he does. And he is just, I mean, he could, 
he's loving life because numbers are so big and um, we're just, we're grateful for that. Here. Not to mention you had a beautiful event out there uh, with former president uh, Donald J. Trump, right? With that an incredible is, event at Mount Rushmore, you know, absolutely amazing, you know. Listen, I'll tell you what, uh, Brian, we're moving forward to a break right now. We're going to bring on Natasha Friedman in the second half to interview you from a political side. We're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to Business Buzz with Frank Elling live on Voice America Business Network, brought to you by now millionairemindset.life forward slash debt to wealth. Boy, I know that's a mouthful, but let me tell you something. If you've got debt out there, anywhere from a mortgage down to your credit card debt or even student loan debt, you better be picking up the phone right now and getting in touch with millionairemindset.life forward slash debt to wealth. And the way you do that, you go to my voiceamerica.com show host webpage. It's very simple to go there, voiceamerica.com. Type in B-I-Z-Z, drops right down. We'll take you to my show host webpage and click on one of my banner ads that goes by, which is millionairemindset.life forward slash debt to wealth, and get in touch with them today. Hey, listen, we've been mixing it up. We're talking to Brian Noam out in South Dakota. We're talking about small business. We're talking about agribusiness. We're talking about insurance. We're talking about a myriad of subjects today. You need to stay with us because we're going to be right back with more buzz for your business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you tired of being overcharged by your credit card processing company? Not sure what you're even being charged for? Well, at On Fire Processing, we are here to serve you and help you possibly save money and increase your business revenue, keeping you in the black. We are your one-stop shop for merchant services worldwide. Our motto is no burn, just earn. Please call us at 833, the letter U, on fire. That's 833-866-3473. We're always looking for guests, resources, and business promotion. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Do you have a resource that can help small businesses increase sales, lower costs, and amplify brand loyalty? Do you have a business that needs to elevate your brand and expand your reach? If any of these sound like a fit for you, you need to partner with us. Call us at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. That's 877-366-9289. And discover how Business Buzz and Business Watch can take your message and company further. Again, give us a call at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. 877-366-9289. Business Watch is your outreach to feel the pulse and increase the buzz in your business community. Invite Frank to be a speaker at your next event. We can create a live promotional video with you at your next event to brand your brand. Visit businessbuzz.com. Having Frank come speak at your event can motivate your team and your customers, which means he can also motivate the growth of your business. It's time to take it to the next level. Visit businessbuzz.com and watch things grow. You're listening to Business Buzz with your host, Frank Hellring. To reach the live show, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send Frank an email at info at businessbuzz.com. That's info at B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S buzz.com. Now, back to Business Buzz. 
Okay, we're back. You're with Frank Herring live here on Business Buzz on the Voice America Business Network. Hey, I've got my co-host with me today, Natasha Friedman, my politically centric, unbelievably intuitive co-host. And boy, I'll tell you, we mix it up a little bit on the first half, talk a little bit about politics. Natasha, you got some questions for Brian Noam of South Dakota, insurance agent and first gentleman of South Dakota, married to Christy Noam, governor of the South Dakota. Yes, I do. And it's amazing to get the perspective of the spouse when the husband or wife is in office. So it's really good that we have um, Governor Noam's uh, spouse on our show today. So Brian, um, your wife, as we mentioned earlier in the first half, has done such a tremendous job handling the pandemic in your state of South Dakota, which has kept small businesses afloat. You know, speaking as a small business owner, what do you say to other governors who are lagging behind in terms of opening up their states? Well, I'd say take a look at what my wife's doing and allowing small businesses to make decisions on their own. Um, Christie's a big believer in small government, big believer in um, keeping government overreach to a minimum. And the problem is when you give... Christy's always said, when you give, when you take authority on yourself to make decisions for other people, at what point are you going to start making every decision in their life? And she, she ran for state legislature back in 2006 for this very reason, because government overreach impacted our family farm when they instituted the death tax when her father passed away on a family farm in 1994. And uh, we got hit with death, death taxes and she got involved at that point. You know, ran in 2006 as a state legislature, a legislator, 2010, ran for Congress and won, served four terms there, then ran for governor. But her, ever since day one, her, her main message has been small government, local control. And, you know, hey, it's hard, it's hard when you're talking about, you know, people from California and New York. It's not the same. I know you got bigger cities to deal with. I get it. But I guess... My, my suggestion to them and her suggestion to them would be, listen, you can't mandate the state based on your biggest population. You have to allow these communities local control and let them make their own decisions. Now, 70 to 80 million people, as you know, voted for President Trump in 2020. The majority of those voters are part of your wife's base. You know, what is your assessment of future elections being of an integrist standpoint going on or moving uh, on into the future? Well, I think I think the um, I think the um, elections need to be state run. I mean, I don't think you want federally run um, overreaching mandated election in the state level. I think you, you got to keep that local. Um, South Dakota has done a great job of tightening up their belt. Um, I know you hear talk of not having not requiring um, IDs driver's license to, to vote. It's like, how hard is that? Everybody has a driver's license that's able to vote. Um, all you got to do is use it. And so how else do you prove their identity? And, and I believe we saw that to some extent this last election. Um, you know, was it unfair? Was it fair? We, hard to know. wasn't proven. But I think that what we need to do is keep it local. And we really got to work on election reform. There's no question about it. I mean, I... You know, we don't, I, the problem is, it's taking away people's confidence in the system and we don't want that. So um, I think there's, there's a lot of work to be done there. I think it's a big issue. 
And what steps is your wife doing right now to kind of help with that process? Well, she's she's working. She works, you know, very closely with the Secretary of State, obviously, and and making sure that we're on top of our game here. And then when she when she's when she goes to the to the national republic or national um, governors meetings, I mean, she'll she'll give her input there. I mean, but she can't make those decisions for them each state. I mean, she. But I think what we have to do as a band of governors is to is to make sure we don't allow the federal government to come in and take over anything, anything. That's what we have states for, you know? And so I think her, I mean, she, she definitely has a voice now um, here in this country is it's, it's, she's pretty popular and she wants to use that voice for good. It's not for her own gain. It's not for her own personal, her, her impulsive personal growth It's for, it's for her to be able to um, make sure that these, these issues that are huge that are really affecting our country as a whole, she wants to use her voice to make sure those things are done. Now, turning to the legislative side of your state, so your wife is currently working on the Women's Fairness and Sports Bill. Can you enlighten the American people on that bill and tell us why the state legislators failed to attempt the revisions that your wife wants to put into the bill before signing it into law in South Dakota? Well, this is a big issue in South Dakota, no question. Um, it's become a big issue nationally. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, her and I believe 100% women play women's sports, men play men's sports, period. Okay? The bill that came to her desk was, it was, it was flawed. Um, I will say that. And so, which is why she didn't sign it to begin with. I know she got a lot of flack over that, but... Uh, behind the scenes, there are some there's some big reasons why she couldn't send that bill. She sent it back to the state legislators. Um, they did not do anything with it. They sent her sent it back to her desk un you know unchanged. And because of that, she she refused to sign it, and she issued two executive orders. One executive order was to um, separate out K twelve and mandate that they keep keep the sport separate, and then she. She recommended to the NCAA those same things, but instead of mandating that, which is something that she can't really do, she's, she formed a coalition called the Title IX Coalition. And they're trying to, she's trying to get other governors and other people across the country to form with this coalition to, to help you know, tell the NCAA that, hey, this, is, this needs to happen. We can't allow um, men, just based on the, the fact that they think that they're a woman, to play a woman's sport. I mean, it's, it's birth certificate stuff. You're a man, you play a man's sport. You're a woman, you play a woman's sport. So as you mentioned before, your wife is the most popular governor in the country. She's probably one of the most popular politicians in the country besides President Trump. So two questions. Have you and your wife been to Mar-a-Lago, been invited by President Trump's Mar-a-Lago since he's been out of office? Um, she has been there. Um, I was not able to go, um, but yeah, she has been there. Um, I think once, and you know, she's got a she's got a pretty good relationship with President Trump. I mean, he's people give him a hard time, but he's a he's a he's a good guy. He loves our country. He loves our military. I mean, there's a lot of great things he did, no question for our country, and they get overlooked, and I don't know why, um, but very effective president. Um, did everything he said he was going to do. And have a lot of respect for him for that. Um, but yeah, Christie's very popular. She's popular because 
you know, people say, how come your wife, your wife is so, she's doing a great job. I said, here's the thing. She's not doing anything in regard to COVID. She's letting people be people. She's letting people have individual responsibility and freedoms. And that's what, that's what our country is founded on. So she's using common sense. And there's many leaders across this nation that aren't, which makes her so different from everybody else. And people in this country, by and large, love common sense, especially the heartbeat of this country. You look at these small communities, these small businesses, these small towns in the heartland of this country, like through the center of this nation. Common sense is what drives our day every day. You know, I can't say that for everybody, but common sense is something that we're lacking in this country and is something that she exhibits on a daily basis, which is why she's become so popular. Well, one of the biggest questions is if your wife was asked to be a vice presidential nominee, would she take it? Let's say if President Donald J. Trump decides to run again in 2024 or Governor Ron DeSantis decides to run in 2024 and he asked your wife to be the vice presidential nominee, would she take it? Oh, it's a beautiful day out today in South Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) You know, here's the thing. As a husband, would you encourage your wife, you know, to take this opportunity? Here's the thing. Um, my wife is running for re-election for governor in 2022. I know it's not the answer anybody wants to hear, um, but I, I always say that. I always say, look, she's running for re-election in 2022, and she, she'd love to have the honor of serving her state four more years in South Dakota. Number two is I say this, and I'm a pretty real person, so I, I'm pretty real with people when they tell me this kind of stuff. I say, here's the thing. This is up to God. In our lives, this is, we center our lives around him and what he wants for us. And if he wants, if that's something that he wants us to entertain at some point down the road, then so be it. If he doesn't, we won't. But for right now, it's not even on our radar, to be honest with you. Our radar is solely focused on running for re-election in 2022. So, Brian, tell us something that we don't know about your wife that the American people should know. Again, give us kind of like the day in the life of being the spouse of a governor of a state. Well, I think people look at her as someone who is really tough and rugged, and she is. She's courageous. Um, she is She is very tough, but she is the most compassionate, loving person that I know. Um, she cares for every single person. I'm telling you, if – and people think, oh, politics is money-driven. And, yeah, it, you need money to run, obviously. But we go to parades, if we go to events, she will talk to the person over here uh, in the corner who doesn't look like they have much money. She'll hug them. I mean, she hugs everybody. In fact, to a, to a, almost to a fault. I'm like, hey, you got to hug everybody? She's like, I can't help it. I just love people. I said, I know you do. But I want to hug you more than I hug everybody else. Kind of selfish that way. But she uh, she is she she has got this um, – she's got this – thing about her that people think she's so tough and rugged and she is, but I want people to know how compassionate and caring she really is at the heart of who she is. I think that one of the other reasons why she's so popular is because she's so real and authentic and she's very attractive, obviously, but her, her Christy goes way deeper than that, way deeper than that. Um, She's intelligent. I mean, she's smart. She's witty and um, she's got incredible common sense and she's so caring. And I think that's what that's what draws people to her. Sounds like she'd make a great vice president in the United States of America. <laughs> she also make a great governor of South Dakota and a great wife. So she's, 
you know, first and foremost. I'm not sure this is a politically slanted question, but uh, before we go on the air, I took a look to see at what percentage of the farmland is actually owned by private enterprise, and the number was 1.36%. You told me that South Dakota is totally dependent, as far as the small business community, on agribusiness. Is that correct? I mean, 1.36% total dependence for small business. Wow, there seems to be something uh, departure here. Number one industry in South Dakota, Frank, uh, agriculture. Okay, um, this people overlook ag and they look, overlook ag business. Um, these these agriculture people in agriculture are are growing food for us, so that we don't have to depend on another country to to get food from. It's a national security issue to me, and but but for me as a business owner. In the, in the property and casualty business and the crop insurance business, I am solely dependent upon agriculture myself. And if, if agriculture, well, obviously it's not going to ever be no more, but the problem is when it's, when it's privately owned, you have more control over it. I don't like that these other countries are buying up our farmland, but what do you do about it? I don't know. It's kind of scary. But agribusiness, I think this country is driven by ag, and a lot of people don't know it. Until there's no food in the shelf, I think the people will just continue to be a little bit adept to that, that situation. The fact is, ag is a big driver. It's a huge driver for small towns and small businesses where I live. Um, without ag, we don't exist. That's a mouthful. Yeah, a little bit too much of a mouthful, maybe. No, no, that is a definite mouthful. You know, I'll tell you something. Small business is a politically charged issue right now. Brian, you know, I mean, you and I talked about this. It's 50% of our GNP. It's 85% of our hiring. Uh, right now, it's in an absolute state of chaos across this country. Uh, how do you see small business if you were going to forecast right now? Let's take a look at it from that aspect, okay? If you're in business, if you cannot forecast expenses and you cannot forecast revenue, right? Don't start because you're not going anywhere with a small business. But more importantly, if you can't answer those two questions, you have to have reliable counsel, right, that you can go out to and get the answers to these questions. Pandemic seems to have upset that apple cart. Are you finding that to be true in your business community? Um, upset what apple cart in particular, Frank, you talking Being about? able to actually forecast expenses, forecast revenue, right, or being able to find Correct. reliable counsel. Right. Guys who know white hair. <laughs> right. Like in my generation, who've been around the block about 30 years in small business. It seems to be lacking today. Yes. Well, first of all, in our state, it's it looks a lot different than other states. You know, fortunately for us, because my wife never, ever said that your business is essential or not essential, because to those business owners, their business is essential. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a tattoo parlor or a restaurant or a hair salon or what. Their business is essential to them and their way of living and their way of life. Okay, so that's why she would never she would never define that. Uh, second of all, it is it is a little bit uncertain right now, um, just because um, we we don't know. I mean, the 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 big states, the big cities are going to trickle down to these small ones eventually, and. That's scary for me as a business owner because I know that 
as I try to forecast my revenues going forward, um, it's not like it was two years ago, even, even last year at this time. Well, you get back up a month or so, but it just, this, the problem is our country has to be open. It's got to be open. So if it's open and we use some wisdom in this, and if you want to require a mask in your business, fine, but you got to have these doors open and people have to continue to frequent these small businesses for us to survive. If you do that, and I think you see that, and I think as you, as you see these, um, the things that our president is doing now, it's causing fear and some, some uncertainty, some hesitation of people investing into our small businesses and in our communities because we don't know how it's going to affect us going forward. So, you know, I don't know. I'm Right now, we're doing well here, and I'm thankful for that. Um, I, I don't know how these other communities in these other states are doing it. I really don't. Well, I'll tell you, trust is one big word, right? We heard that over a few years, but now you just loud it landed one in there called uncertainty. Boy, you put those two together, that's not a great combo. Hey, listen, we're going to be moving to a quick break here right now. You're listening to Business Buzz with Frank Helling live on the Voice America Business Network channel and brought to you by now Business Group Resources. Hey, do you realize that you might be tipping the IRS? Boy, I'll tell you something. When my advertiser told me I'm tipping the IRS, I said, wait a minute, time out. They don't deserve a tip. Listen, if you don't know about the R&D tax credit, you better find out about it real quick because these guys right now are pulling $4 million a month on the average back in the hands of small business. And let me tell you something, you want to find out more about that, pick up the phone right now and dial 877-857-6875. That's 877-857-6875 and get in touch with Business Group Resources today. Hey, listen, we're going to have a great second half of Business Watch. We're going to bring right back to you in two and two more buzz for your business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you tired of being overcharged by your credit card processing company? Not sure what you're even being charged for? Well, at On Fire Processing, we are here to serve you and help you possibly save money and increase your business revenue, keeping you in the black. We are your one-stop shop for merchant services worldwide. Our motto is no burn, just earn. Please call us at 833, the letter U, On Fire. That's 833-866-3473. We're always looking for guests, resources, and business promotion. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Do you have a resource that can help small businesses increase sales, lower costs, and amplify brand loyalty? Do you have a business that needs to elevate your brand and expand your reach? If any of these sound like a fit for you, you need to partner with us. Call us at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. That's 877-366-9289. And discover how Business Buzz and Business Watch can take your message and company further. Again, give us a call at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. 877-366-9289. 
Business Watch is your outreach to feel the pulse and increase the buzz in your business community. Invite Frank to be a speaker at your next event. We can create a live promotional video with you at your next event to brand your brand. Visit businessbuzz.com. Having Frank come speak at your event can motivate your team and your customers, which means he can also motivate the growth of your business. It's time to take it to the next level. Visit businessbuzz.com and watch things grow. PPP, COVID-19, SBA, is there a way? It's time for Business Watch, where your voice matters. Call into the show at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or drop us an email at info at businessbuzz.com. That's info at B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S buzz.com. We know you've got something to say. Now, here's Frank Hellring. Business Watch, where your voice matters. Hey, we're back live now on Business Watch. I'm your host, Frank Hellring. This is the segment of the show where we open up the lines in Phoenix. You small business owners out there, you pick up that phone right now, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Call in so you can mix it up with my incredible guest today, Brian Noam, who is a small business owner in the state of South Dakota and the first gentleman of the state of South Dakota, married to Christy Noam, governor of the state of South Dakota. And I've got my incredibly politically centric co-host Natasha Friedman on with us today. And we're going to mix it up now in the conference room known as Business Watch. Well, let me tell you something. I got three watch words on this segment of the show, Brian and Natasha. Meet, collaborate, and grow. Meet to me. If I don't like somebody I ain't going to do business with them, right? So that's the reason why meets in there. I think we all like each other. We'll move on to collaborate. Collaborate is the intellectual property of a business. It's the modus operandi. It's the essence. It's the guts, if you will. And that's a big piece of the show and the fact that we really like to not just put copy out there, but transact business. And last but not least is grow. And let me tell you something right now, small businesses need to return to profitability. EIDL, 3PP loans, great, nice, crutch from the SBA and Washingtonians, but the bottom line is that's not going to pull this Phoenix out of the ashes. What do you think, Brian? About what? Life? Phoenix being pulled out of the ashes, <laughs> my friend. Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, I tell you, it's uh, – okay, let me – can I talk about my small business a little bit? Is go that- right ahead. That's what we're on here for. <laughs> Here's the thing. I started this thing, um, and if people go – Man, you must love insurance. I said, no, I love people. And so for me, my business was grown. I grew this business based on relationship, based on collaboration, based on, based on, you don't have growth without that relationship, without that collaboration with people individually. And for me, um, if I don't maintain a relationship with these people, they're going to go look someplace else. So for me, it's all about relationship. I don't care what you do. Um, if people aren't learning how to relate to people, or if they haven't learned how to do that, they're behind the eight ball. So for me, I, I grew up on a small farm. I uh, went with my dad to town to, to deal with the banker. Um, we, I, I, I watched him deal with people, and I learned how to deal with people. And as I deal with people, and not only in my small business, but now in my position as first gentleman of South Dakota, um, I am dealing with people all the time. And how I deal with them is what's going to set that mark for them. That's their first impression. 
And so if I can do that and maintain a relationship, I mean, it's going to make my wife hopefully look better. It's going to make my business look better. You know, Natasha, he just hit on a point. You know, we had a president give us an inaugural address with the central theme of unity, right? But Brian's saying it takes relationship. Do you think these Washingtonians back there really need, you know, need to or even understand what that word unity means in relationship to what Brian just said about that word? No, they don't because it's all about money. It's all about greed. It's all about who's got the biggest microphone. You know, that's the biggest issue. But, you know, someone, you know, for example, like we're, we're saying, you know, Governor Noam, she's showed up. I mean, she stepped up. She has done phenomenally well for the state. We need other governors to do the same thing. We also need legislators to do the same thing as well. And that's what's lacking in this country is we don't have more. We need more Christy Noams out there that will step up and stand for the American people and put America first, which is what unified the country when President Trump was in the Oval Office. Couldn't have said that better myself. Brian, if you were going to talk to small business out there today as a whole across the country, which you are right now. But you're speaking from a platform that has a less than a million population. Boy, when I read that, I said, wow, I love it. <laughs> because we're talking about heartland in America. We're talking about the, you know, the people that know what it is to make a living, right, day by day. Right. Right. And if you had something to say right now to small business in America, what would it be? Keep at it. Um, we depend on you. I mean, as a, as a of course, I – I, I kind of think small sometimes, so I'm thinking from my own community standpoint, from my own state standpoint, we need you. Um, and Christy knew that, which is why she didn't shut anybody down on her own accord. Across the country, I mean, I can't speak to your situation because I just, I don't know it. And now the regulation that's being thrust upon you right now, I, I feel bad for you. I really do. But if there's any way you can hang with this, I would encourage you to do so. Um, because it's honestly our country, it's going to come back to it. We see people right now in South Dakota um, moving from other states because they see the business friendly and, and uh, the open friendly atmosphere we have in South Dakota. So moving here. And I'm, and as Ben and I travel around South Dakota to visit small towns, we're hearing story after story about these um, young families who are moving back to these small towns, away from big cities into small towns. And because they can do business, now they're learning they can do business virtually. And as they come back to these towns, they're going to support their grocery store. They're going to support their gas station. They're going to support their small town theater. They're going to support their small town restaurant and their cafe. And I, I believe people are going to be migrating back to the small communities not in droves, but I think enough where it's going to help your small business, whatever it is. And, but so my, my point is, is, is the same point my wife makes as she travels around the state giving the same message of optimism and hope. Um, I, want, I want to leave you with an optimistic, hopeful message that, that our, I believe we have better days ahead of us. Um, hang in there if you can. Um, I'm pulling for you. You know, I had an answer to the 3P loan program. Uh, I called it the three R's. I believe the small businesses need to recover. They need to rejuvenate. And they need to return to profitability, Brian. Okay. Right. Those three elements absolutely have to be at the forefront of what this move is in the small business community. The other thing is I also adopted three other words, unity, relationship, oddly enough, 
Okay, you just coined that phrase. And the law of reciprocity. If you take a look at President Trump, the day he took office to the day he left, all he ever mouthed to the small business community was the law of reciprocity. And we've all experienced it, right? You go to a lunch with a guy, right? The check comes. You reach out for the check, says, no, I'll take it, right? No, no, no. You grab it and pay it. What does that do? That's law of reciprocity right there because you've got that guy honor bound to pick up lunch the next time and probably he's going to take you to a steakhouse instead of the Chinese buffet, right? So what you've got is a situation here where it's give, not take. Right. Back exactly what we've got going here in Washington. Small business right now needs more of small town America. Would you agree? Oh, Definitely. I mean that's that's where it's founded. That's where that's where it stops, starts, and stops is 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 small community. I mean you you don't small business is founded and usually exists in small communities. You know, not that you can't have small business in a bigger community, but that's that's for me that's that's where I that's where I first go in my mind is small business and small communities. Brian, you don't just do business in South Dakota, right? You're probably multiple licenses across states. No, I'm just South Dakota. Oh, you're just South Dakota. Okay. Yep. Well, let me tell you something. I have a relationship with the Safe Small Business Coalition.org, which is 200 chambers, started in California, spread now across 28 states. They intend to put this in all 50 states. I would love to put you in touch with Nancy Holman-Vanek, who heads that up, to get your chamber involved, because that could be very, very valuable to you as far as, you know, leap source. Let's do it. I'm all in, Frank. I thought you'd like that. I try, I, for some reason, I trust you. I'm not sure why yet. Uh-oh. But I do. <laughs> I think you're not, a pretty good guy. I really me, Brian. Not to mention you took me through Ben Coisty, who's your <laughs> PR guy and your backstop, uh, making sure that I was for real. And more importantly, I guarantee you, probably you and Christy had a talk about this show. Am I right? We did. Um, she said she, she, she's always got some good advice for me. Um, but, but Ben is my, he's my guy. So he's, I like, Hey, work with Ben. Ben's going to circle the wagons for sure. So he's going to make sure everything's covered. Everything's good. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're all good. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Ben. Let me tell you another initiative I'm working on. That little smartphone you got sitting in front of you right now, right? Right here. That's a tool. Yes. Not just a communications device. Right. What if I told you that we can hook up that tool across a metropolitan area or across states or across a world so small businesses can log on, have their own back office, log everything into that back office, put their message out there, control their enterprise and the deals that they put out to attract customers and drive it across what you just picked up and put it in your hand? I'm listening. Yeah, I figured you would, okay? We are working on that right now. The onboard cost is going to be absolutely nothing. The only time that you're going to have any type of expenses if you make a sale, performance-based. Love it. I figured you did. I'll keep you in touch. I think your wife might be interested in this because it could be something that could really be like blanketed across a major metropolitan area or even a state or even a country or even a world and put a connection together which is a B to C, my friend, not a B to B. That's what Amazon does well, right? What we need to concentrate is on B to C. We need to get back in touch with that customer that's been ripped from us. And then more importantly, we need to create a new customer convergence. Can you imagine? I like it. I love it. 
you got to have vision. you got to have a goal. I mean, Miracle on 34th Street said it best, right? Remember when Macy's all of a sudden started sending people to other stores? I love it. And yeah. then Gimbel's got, t- got all ticked off? Yep. And he said, that makes Gimbel's a profiteering managerial, <laughs> you know, whatever. And he said, if we haven't got what the customer wants, send them back to Macy's. That's the right. next thing you see is Gimbel and Macy's shaking hands, Santa Claus in the middle, arguing about an x-ray machine where he's going to buy it. But the bottom line was, did they suffer? No. no. They grew. They grew. They profited from it. And yep. that's what we got to get back to. We got to get back to the fact of why are we trying to control the customer? Let them make the choice. Right. Competition is good. I coached basketball, too, for a long time. In fact, Ben Koisty was one of the kids that I coached. Oh young men. Young men. Well, I was the same coach for him. But anyway, I'm sure he's got a lot of praises for me for all the coaching I did. But the thing is, with, with coaching, I think about I think about going out and playing. You practice, you practice, you practice, but you're, you're judged, you're tested by your competition. And as, I, as we go out, even though you lose sometimes, you learn something from that game. So it's the competition that makes me better. As a team, as a small business, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to drive out my competition in a laboring town. I welcome that because it makes me better. Now, if it's not going to make me better, then obviously I've, I've already made a choice that I don't want to become better. So, yeah, competition. And I love the, the Miracle on 34th Street story. That's a great one. When, when the lady comes back to the store owner and says, your Santa Claus sent me over to blah, blah, blah. And he said, because of that, I'm, never, I'm, I'm always going to come back to Macy's because of that. I'll send you the link on the show I did, uh, New York Needs a Miracle on 34th Street. Listen, we're moving towards the end of the show. Uh, Brian, this has just absolutely been a joy. Let's stay in touch, okay? Because I would like really that a lot. Yes. I think South Dakota has a message. Natasha, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out today. Thank you so much for being with us today. It and, was amazing. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Obviously, every politically centric show, you're on it, okay? <laughs> and Brian, let me tell you something. I think... Every once in a while, right? You and Christy get out there in that farmland and get your hands dirty, don't you? Gosh, yeah. We right now we have we own five buffalo. We have some horses. We have a burrow. We have a couple cows. We live on a, a, a ranch that has two hundred acres of pasture land. Um, family owns an additional eight hundred acres there. I mean, so we're fixing fence. In fact, Christy and I just put up. A, we bought. Well, first of all, sorry, we're probably running out of time, but we bought five buffalo last fall. Then I'm going, okay, now we got to build a fence for this buffalo because it's not the same fence as cows. So Chris and I went out and put up continuous fencing around this lot for, for a day and a half. And, uh, look, we are not afraid to get our – in fact, that's relaxing for us. Well, do me a favor. Don't grow a herd because you may attract some hunters, okay? Hey, right. thank you for turning into Business Buzz today. If you'd like to be a guest or you have a business that needs to elevate your brand and expand your reach, you can reach us at toll-free 877-3-NOW-BUZZ or email us at info at businessbuzz.com. To learn more about the show, visit our website at businessbuzz.com. Hey, you want to be with me next week? I'm going to be interviewing Craig Keshadian. I hope I pronounced that right, Craig. You didn't butcher your name. He is an absolute incredible background, not only in politics, but also in business. And you don't want to miss that show. The buzz factor of your business is what we seek to increase each and every week. Tune in next week as we bring more guests and resources to make your business buzz.
Thanks for tuning in Business Watch and Business Buzz with Frank Hellring. We'll be back next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to have you join us again next time for some more terrific ways to revitalize your small business.